ghosts and ghouls. Welcome back to Nope, I'm Scared. I'm Alexa. I'm Ella. I'll make that We're great. We're doing this. <laughs> yep. You know, it's it's a day. It is um, before Christmas. We've been recording these pretty quickly back to back so that we can get them out when they're supposed to be. And to give us a little time to take a break between stuff, you know. Christmas is true, coming. True. New Year's Eve is coming. Holiday season. It's Yule time. You know, the solstice was yesterday. Heck yeah, it was longest night of the year, baby. So that's all happening. Do with that what you will. <laughs> so yeah, we've been trying to make sure that if we end up having to take a week off for New Year's, you at least get the rest of this case so that you're not like yeah. on a two week cliffhanger because i also don't want to wait for the end of this case so Mm -hmm. (laughs) there's that too so we know we don't want you guys to do that and we're gonna we're gonna finish it this time it might be two hours long hopefully not but yeah i mean you know we're both active podcast listeners and you know we have the power to do what we want with this one and, I mean, are you, you know, guys really going to get mad if we spend too long getting all of the information on this case? I don't think so. And if you think it's too long, just don't listen. It's all right. And if it takes you out now. three weeks to get through it, fine. That's fine. I, don't know. I mean, we're just, we're providing the information. Because I want to talk about it. And, you know, especially with, tell. like, you know, the new news that has been coming out with this case. We might. End I up... don't know what that means. Okay. <laughs> um. So then, do you want to just jump into it then, and then we can talk about that after? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. So previously on Nope, I'm Scared, um, <laughs> we talked about uh, Amber Fry and her involvement in the investigation. We talked about the discovery of the bodies. We talked about some of Scott's weird behavior after she was missing. Um, We did talk a little bit about um, kind of what the cops were doing and how they maybe were getting a little bit tunnel visioned onto this situation. And Mm -hmm. we also talked about Scott getting arrested um, in San Diego looking really sus because he had like dyed hair and a beard and his brother's uh driver's license yeah and he had like fifteen thousand dollars thousand dollars in cash yeah and um a bunch of camping material so it was just really weird Mm -hmm. very suspicious so we're just gonna now like jump into the trial the trial has a lot of stuff to it like tell me what happened like you know with like with a lot of trials once you get there the drama kind of stops i know we had like ted bundy decided to make his own drama by being his own lawyer and being kind of bombastic and just erratic but like that's kind of a weird thing yeah he's a he's a special one he's like normal ones i will say scott was not that type of drama he was still maintaining this, I'm going to be the stoic person. <laughs> Unemotional. You know, like, I'm just, I don't want to see. let them get that. I have all of these emotions, but I just don't want people to see it. So on my face, you just see nothing. And like, 
maybe, but that's like a lot to say when no one can see things. Like, it's like trying to say, I, what is the, like to say, I, I put makeup on, but I washed it off before everyone came over because I didn't want them to see me with my makeup on. Yeah, I didn't want them to get the satisfaction of seeing my face And it's like, then I up. can't prove that you had makeup on, and I also can't prove that you didn't have makeup on. It's kind of just like a, what are we doing here? <laughs> what is the point? Like, But yeah. it's also not like your makeup wrote, like, I murdered someone on it, and you wiped it off, and you were like, it wasn't there. I didn't I didn't do any of those things actually. Um yeah. So I will say around this case as with a lot of big cases people are awful to the family of whoever they deem the evil person. And I this is definitely one of those cases that was the same thing. Like all throughout trial people were like, you know, going after the family. People even went after Amber, like they were comparing her to um to Lacey. To Lacey. Yeah, I think I have been talking about that later on when she comes in for her testimony. But like they would say horrible things, they would shout horrible things at the family and like, you know, you know, the things like your son's a murderer and it gets worse after the trial's over. It's just bad. Really? And so I will, I'm never okay with that. Like you can think like the most horrible thing, but I'm still not, I would not have been out there with Ted Bundy fans being like, fry him. Like I just never would have been there. I would have been like, mm-hmm. okay, good. He's guilty. Now I can go to the store in peace. Yeah. You know, exactly. it was just kind of like a sigh. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> You don't need to make it worse for anyone else. No, and, like, regardless of whatever the family may or may not know, like, they also lost a daughter and, or a sister, and a child that was supposed to come that never did. And also, they're dealing with either their their family member is innocent and getting, like, railroaded, or they have to deal with the fact that maybe they're family member is not the person that they thought they were so just Mm -hmm. leave families alone when they go through this i don't you know yeah also it's not their fault that this happened like yeah whether or not they share the information they have is but you also can't prove anything yeah exactly so just with all of this stuff like i don't really like attacking it you can always say something looks fishy but just they're people or people. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, okay. So the lawyer the Petersons got three days after Lacey went missing for Scott, who was named he was named Kirk McAllister. When he was when Scott was arrested and like setting up for trial, he told the family that they needed to get a different lawyer because they couldn't afford him and because he didn't have the resources to fight this case for them. And he told them to get a public defender because that is what public defenders are for. To me, that's a huge mistake. What are you doing? I'm sorry. No one ever wants a public defender because those public defenders are like overworked and they're getting the case like as it's happening and having to catch mm-hmm. up on the situation. Like, no, public defender. I knew your case from the start. Like, well, and I just, I, that sounds like horrible advice to me to put 
a public defender on a case of this size and this magnitude. This is like, you need a celebrity lawyer. You need like a good one. And not saying that public defenders are bad, but public defenders are when you can't afford a lawyer and you, I don't know, crashed your car into someone's house. Like, not for maybe murdering your wife. Like, you want someone that you know is going to be like a bloodhound on this thing. So I don't know why he would tell them that. (laughs) That seems like poor decision making. Yeah. So, but um, all of the Peterson's friends and families were coming out and saying, like, do whatever you need to do to get him a good lawyer. Like, sell the farm if you need to sell the farm. Um. So they actually ended up getting Mark Garagos, and he was um frequently on the Larry King show at the time, and they liked him because he always kind of supported Scott. When he was on the show and he would say things like he would fight with Nancy Grace a lot over like, well, where's the proof? Where's the evidence? I think he was even the one that said people just don't suddenly decide to kill their wives. Which Mm -hmm. I have personal issues with, but yeah, we'll just move (laughs) on. And so he was so Scott's dad, Lee, ends up going to him and saying, well, what is it going to cost? for you to do this and i'm not sure if it was a joke or if it was actually true but he told him that it would be a million dollars i have no idea if that actually was no paid one to has him. that kind of money but i mean that's well, the I mean, lawyer that they do. they take i don't know if they had a million dollars i don't know if they paid it i don't know what but like you know it wasn't people kept saying like nobody's gonna want this case because he's hated man number one and if you help him you're hated man number two and Mm -hmm. so i mean sure you could add some bonus in there for like public reputation to take this case i don't know um but just i don't know i don't think that was nice either and Mm -hmm. he was he was an la lawyer he was from this area he like he he wore sunglasses everywhere, which I don't know why that sticks out with me, but it just does. He seems like he's a fine man. I just feel like he was very like the celebrity lawyer, which I mean, I did say you yeah, need someone that's going to do that. And... Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, it just seemed like in the when you watch the documentary and you watch the tapes and you, the videos of whenever he's on from back then, he does seem like he's carrying his weight around. Yeah. Okay, like so, he knows he's the shit, and I think he thought he was the shit. I'm sure maybe some of that was a front because I think any lawyer looking at this case would have been like, "Great, great." Mm-hmm. <laughs> so maybe it was he had to do that so that he felt confident enough to do this case. Maybe. I don't know. But so when they sign him on, they end up they start going through the thirty thousand pages of police information that they have on this case. Thirty thousand? Thirty thousand pages. It's ridiculous. Um That's so much. And they're looking at everything that they had gotten in and like what they had taken from the house and like all of it. Um one of the attorneys even said he tried to give Scott this like you know, this space to be like, 
hey, like, it's just me and you, like, I'm your lawyer and it's just you and me. No one's listening. Like, you could tell me, you know, kind of thing. And then Scott yeah, was like, yeah. I didn't have anything to do with my wife's, mer- like, missing death, whatever. And he was like, cool, good enough for me. Okay. It's like, to, like, when I'm hearing this man talk, it looks like he basically was like, hey, any guilty person would have told me right then when I, like, said it, you know? Yeah. I'm just like, So clearly no. he's not guilty because he said he, no. He said no to me behind closed doors. Clearly, he didn't do it. Did he show emotion then or was he still, like, you know? It doesn't say, um, and then... At one point, he also, meaning Scott, stopped eating when he was in custody and he got really skinny. And the same lawyer just said that he felt so bad for him. And, like, looking at him like that was like, this guy couldn't possibly have done it. Oh, my God. And I'm just like, I, I, this is, so remember last episode where I told you I had a mini podcast by myself before recording and Josh, like, walked yes. in because I was talking to myself um, this mm-hmm. is what this is what I was talking about. This this whole situation right here, because like <laughs> he stopped yes. eating, and that's that's why you think that he couldn't have done it, and so because he just felt so bad he couldn't eat. Um. Yeah, and so I even have in bold that I said like it's interesting to me that a lot of people who were solidly on Scott's side through all of the media chaos tended to be men. And they were of the ones course. that were saying he couldn't possibly be a monster. Like, that's neither here nor there because, you know, men thought he was guilty, too. But it just was really interesting that there were only a few women who were like, yeah, Scott couldn't have done it. People don't just kill their wives out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they just kept pointing out that he had no history of violence and like people were making more out of this than the kid they had in front of him because look at him, he's just he's just a mama's boy. Not no mama's boy yeah. could be a bad guy. And <laughs> and I just think that the biggest thing about all of this is that everyone kept talking about everyone needs to put their emotions away away and look at just the facts but they're only talking about that when you're looking at him as being guilty but if you want to look at him at being innocent you people forget that we ourselves feel things as if we were in their place and so we start Mm -hmm. to put these emotions on the person and remember it that way because it's so vivid for us and that may not be true at all Like, that lawyer could have been looking at this kid, you know, in a jumpsuit sitting before him, like, getting, you know, accused of killing his wife and his unborn son. He's going, oh, my God, I couldn't imagine if my wife was dead and my my son was dead and everyone was looking at me. Oh, my God, how horrible I'd feel. And they would be, like, putting all of those feelings and thinking that Scott's feeling it, too. Well, then thinking that Scott's feeling it, too. Meanwhile, Scott's saying, I feel so many emotions, but nobody can see them on my face because I'm stoic. That's okay. Yep. Such bullshit. And I just, I don't, like, maybe, maybe no, maybe yes, maybe everyone's emotions were in everything, and maybe they were in nothing. I don't know. But I don't think you can say easily just like well i felt 
I would be terrified about it, and then you assume that he is. I don't think he's terrified. I think he's a psychopath. Yeah, no, he does not seem terrified whatsoever. Like he, he has not let yeah. on at all. And I have like watched the the like court TV like tapes. Like I have seen the footage of like him hearing parts of the case that were allowed to be televised, and I've seen it. And I don't see a single thing in there. Like, there's a few times that he looks like he's trying to be scared. Um, and, like, it does look... Like, sometimes he looks a little more desperate to me. Like, it's not as convincing as sad. It's like, oh, Jesus, I'm here. Yeah, like, I'm about to get, you know, put in prison for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Not the, I can't believe my wife is dead and my unborn child. Yeah. All right, so now let's get into some evidence as it was presented. So the police okay. the police are running on the theory that Scott killed Lacey on the 23rd and then dumped her body in the marina the day after, which is what mm-hmm. we also were just like, that makes the most sense. And we both had, like, when we first made up our theories, we had no idea about this case. And it was just kind of like, she's in the, he dumped her, he killed her, she's in the water. Like, that just made Mm -hmm. the most sense to me. Especially when you reel in that he just decided at 9 a.m. to go fishing. All, like, two hours away because it was too cold to go golfing. So, like, and, like, at the end of the documentary, they go into, like, maybe he's not guilty. And, like, I tried to listen to those things. And, like, his sister-in-law is the biggest, like, leader of the Scott Innocent group that's trying to prove is innocent it is very strange to me that she is like the head of this but um yeah it'd be like if josh killed you and then i was super on his side yeah okay um so so it's just that's strange to me but i was going somewhere i don't know what (laughs) i I had a point um, We're off to a great start. And there's so much, my brain is dead, okay? My brain is only this case now. <laughs> it's only Lazy Peterson. Only Lazy Peterson. Um, I don't yes. Know. We didn't know anything about this case, so we were just like, yep, that's, that's what happened. That I'll, makes sense. You know, when I listen to this back, I'll remember what I was talking about, but oh well. <laughs> Yeah, we were discussing him dumping her body. And- mm-hmm. um, okay, so the PI that was working with the defense went back to the people who had said that they had seen Scott's boat or Scott's truck that day, and he found a man named Mr. Johnson. Not sure if that's the real name or if that's, like, the name that they've released for the press to know. It's just um, so basic. You can never know. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. Um... And so Mr. Johnson is saying that he had been moored right next to the launch area for the marina. And even though he didn't remember seeing Scott's face, he said he remembered the boat um, and that he saw camouflage clothing, but nothing that seemed unusual in the boat. Um, And he also stated that it would be hard to hide a large item in Scott's boat because it was so small. And he'd have to drive past all the other boats and houseboats in the marina on his way out to the water. And um, 
And so he asked if they wanted him to come testify, but um, the lead defense lawyer, Mark, just would never use his testimony for the case. Interesting. Okay. Um, There's a lot of this where there seems to be people that saw things that didn't get brought forward by either prosecution or defense. So just keep that in mind. I have an issue with him. Like, I in general have an issue with eyewitness testimony because I know how flawed it is. Yeah. Correct. Um, Correct. Especially with things being so routine. And sure, maybe Scott going to the marina is not routine. But if you're always at the routine, or even if you were there from 7 a.m., by the time 2 p.m. hits and like or 1, 1 p.m. hits and Scott's going out, there's probably been a bunch of boats that have left. How are you supposed to remember exactly which boat? Mm-hmm. Like, some yeah. people couldn't even tell you. Like, they don't even know how they got home, but they got home. Yep. I don't know. I'm like that a lot of times. I couldn't tell you what I had for breakfast, and that was like three hours ago for me. Yeah, exactly. So, and like, it's known that eyewitness testimony is not as reliable as we used to think it was back then. Same thing. Same same thing with with the. Yeah, exactly. Um, I also have been in a marina a number of times in a in a canoe, and. No one is out there watching those houseboats. And I don't I don't know how that would have been in the bay on December 24th, but I have been to Long Beach and San Diego both times and no one is really watching. Like yeah. do you, you remember I remember being out there and being like there's nobody in these boats. Do people just like have boats? Also, it's not hard to, like, store a body in a boat, especially if you're not, like, paying super close attention for a body. Yeah. Like, it's so easy to overlook. Especially if the person is acting normal. If the person is behaving normal, you're not going to, like, notice a weird bag in their car or whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, I can see why they didn't bring him on. Well, Actually, that's I'm yeah. surprised the the person defending Scott didn't bring him on because that feels like something they would want on their side. Potentially, like, clearly he didn't do it. Hmm. Um. I think it's probably because they couldn't corroborate the story, and mm, it would have been likely. completely just like hearsay that he had done it. Yeah. I I saw him. He didn't have anything in his boat. Okay. Well, can you prove any of that? No. No. I, no. Um, so then the defense and other people kept saying that the prosecution could not possibly have enough evidence to go to trial or to seek the death penalty, but Scott had a preliminary trial on November 18th of 2003, where a judge ruled that there was probable cause, and so he ordered that Scott would have to stand trial. Nice. So clearly someone is seeing something. Mm Mm-hmm. Um... Clearly some evidence is strong enough that, like, Scott had reason to be on trial. Mm-hmm. Lacey's mom, Sharon, would f- filed uh, wrongful death lawsuits for both Lacey and Connor a month after um, for the amount of $5 million, saying that she wanted to make sure that justice got served, be it in civil court 
or criminal court. Mm-hmm. Sure, um, sure. A month after that, the case would get moved to San Mateo County, which was 90 miles away from Modesto because they were really trying to give Scott a fair trial, and Modesto was just super Very biased. anti-Scott, yeah. Yes. Um... But, like, it's kind of just was at some point they had to just be, like, I'll, I'll keep I'll keep going because I was going to talk about it. And I just hit the microphone. Um, but getting a jury together for this case was extremely difficult. 50% of applicants that came through thought that he was already guilty because yep. of the media. And so they ended up having to just get people who said they would consider Scott being a possible innocent person and also people who were willing to listen to the facts to see Mm -hmm. what would happen which i mean i i mean that kind of sucks because most of the time people have no idea what trial they're going into yeah they weren't really giving scott a fair chance that's really all you need all you have is someone that promises that they will listen to the information to to the and facts. then decide. That's really all you can ask for in a jury. Mm-hmm. The defense was worried about stealth jurors, which are jurors who are just um, looking to get on the case to... Um, Gain popularity? For whatever reason, they either want to get the guy guilty... Or they want them to be innocent because it can work both ways. Or, yes, Mm -hmm. they are wanting their, like, five minutes of fame and, like, could end up writing books about this or making a movie. Whatever. Going on interviews. Yeah. I mean, that's a Um, fair concern, especially with how much this case was in the media. mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. They actually did find a number of stealth jurors that were, like, ready to go in and then they would, like, call people and say, like, I'm so going to get this guy. Like, I told them everything, blah, 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 blah. And those people got turned in. And so they were, like, goodbye to those people. Like, Yeah, of course. So they just had a bunch of people who were lying to them to get into the case. Yeah. But they got replaced even before the trial started. Okay, good. That's something. The other weird thing for the defense was that the... What did I say? Oh, um, I The jury was not sequestered during the trial. Um, and the reason for it was that the judge said that it would be too expensive to keep people in a hotel for months, um, um, which is fair. This trial went for six months. And that's not counting the time that they had to deliberate afterwards. Mm-hmm. Because to be sequestered means that you don't go home, like, think New Girl when she went on jury duty and she was, like, completely by herself. Most trials don't last this long. Like, sitting, sitting trials. Like, trials take a long time, but not actually Mm -hmm. in the courtroom. So they were just, like, they're like, we can't do that. And then um, another time a juror was seen talking to Lacey's brother. And two days after that, he was dismissed from the case by the judge as well. So there's just there's just a lot in the jurors, and I would say that doesn't stop. Mm-hmm. No, that makes sense. 
Um, but because of all this, the defense was trying for a mistrial due to the unfavorable media and like all of this. But the judge was like, we have to be able to live with the media. There's nothing we can do yeah, about there's it. There's nothing you can do about the media. Like you can't just not go to trial because people are saying that he's guilty already. It's not the judge that like that's not the media's place to say it's these 12 people that determine whether or not he did it. And it's your job as his defense lawyer to try and present that he didn't. Mm hmm. So the trial started June 1st, 2004. Um, I believe opening statements were televised um, and the cameras were allowed to be in. But, like, for most of it, they weren't. Like, jur jur reporters could be in the courtroom, but there weren't cameras allowed. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, the prosecution opened up focusing on a motive. They said that he didn't want to be married, that he didn't want to be a father, and they were saying that he was a compulsive liar. I mean, that all seems common knowledge by this point with what he has I mean, said. Yeah. Um that he the didn't defense... want to be a father and clearly he didn't want to be married. Well, yeah, I mean, it's and if you want to lie about it, it's like but happily married people don't want to be cheating on their wives consistently. <clears throat> you know. Yeah, exactly, and I, consistently. And just like based off of family home videos, like it doesn't seem like Scott really ever thought much about children, and I don't think he ever really wanted to be a dad. I think at one point Lacey probably decided that she wanted it, wanted a baby, um, and mm -hmm. that's just what men are supposed to do. So he was like, "I have to have a baby now." But I even well, remember it's in my research to me that at that point with Amber, he went after a woman who already had a baby. I really don't think he was seeing Amber as a long-term thing. Like, okay. that's one thing I disagree with about the media. The media kept painting it as he wanted this new life with Amber, and I don't think he no, really cared I don't about think Amber. So. I think Amber was fun, and I think he probably would have ended up with some... He would have ended up breaking it off and then finding somebody else later when I he wanted to have another thing. The fact that he is a compulsive liar. Because yeah. he kept lying to her about different things. I mean, obviously. Yeah, I I have no... And I don't think the prosecution had any trouble proving that he was a compulsive liar. Mm-hmm. Um, I... Because I, I even remember in my research about them, bef like, trying to figure out just who they were. Like, Lacey at one point was, like, really wanting to get pregnant and she was having... They were having trouble doing it. And she said that he happened to always be traveling during the time that she'd be ovulating. And so that to wow. me just seems like he was probably doing the math and just was like, well, if I keep trying, but it doesn't work out and I make it not work out, then we never have a baby and I don't have to worry about this. Yeah, that seems likely at this point. Mm hmm. Um, the defense was able to come up with a really good kind of hole in the prosecution because they were trying to say that he had lied about the Martha Stewart show. It's so funny to me how this Martha Stewart show becomes such like an integral <laughs> part of this case. Um, 
But they were able to say that he did not lie about it because the thing that he had said they were making on the episode was, in fact, what they were actually making on that episode. That's so specific. Why is that the thing you're focusing on? It also, to me, is weird. Like, I don't know a lot of men who, if they're not really watching a show, could tell you what their what was on their wife's show. I could not... Ever. You know, and for him to know specifically that they were making, like, meringues, like, lemon meringues. Especially, yeah, like, I if don't... you... Especially since you're assuming at this point that he's, like, getting ready to go swimming. Or not swimming. Fishing. Because he left at, like, either, like, 9.50 to 10.10 area. And so at that point, he's probably, like, getting dressed and brushing his teeth and, like, getting maybe a lunch together, getting his wallet and stuff, getting all his fishing gear. And you think he's sitting down paying attention to what they're making on Martha Stewart? No. No, I do not think that. Yeah. So, you know, it could go both ways. Maybe he's a super attentive husband that did pay attention, or what we think happened was that she died on the 23rd. He knew she watched it every day. So he sat down and made sure that he knew what was what on. What they were, yeah. Again, so just goes I to don't know. prove that I think this case was premeditated because he knew shit. Mm-hmm. But the prosecution would say, like, no, that's not what they were making. And so Mark had to actually bring in the episode that of that <laughs> that show to prove that is actually what they were making. I was like, That's why are we so spending ridiculous. so Oh my goodness. Um and so yeah, people said that <laughs> at the beginning Mark Garagos was outperforming the prosecution and just making them look really silly. And he like opened it saying, like, you're not gonna like my person, but He's just a bad guy. He's just a, he's just a cat. He's not a murderer. And then, <laughs> like he's a um, bad dude, but he's not like that bad dude. Yeah, I mean, like he cheated on his wife, so like again, he kind of sucks. But like he's not a monster. Um. Anyway, so it was then brought up by a computer analyst, and I don't know how this slipped information because it seemed like both the police. And the prosecution were surprised by it. Maybe it's because they were just looking at Scott. But ev- also, everyone looks at this to like as it's a huge deal, and I'm just like, it's weird. But why? No, <laughs> it's just strange. Um. So he found that because they had seized a bunch of stuff. So he found that on the 24th, someone was on the Peterson home computer from 8:40 to 8:45, looking at sunflower umbrellas and now sunflowers were Lacey's favorite flower so everyone was like oh my god she must have been looking for a sunflower umbrella um Um, and they were like he couldn't have killed her on the 23rd because she's the only one who could have gotten onto the computer and looked up a sunflower umbrella If Scott had enough foresight to watch Martha Stewart know it was on the show, 
He definitely could have been looking up sunflower umbrellas. Especially if she had mentioned, like, oh, I don't like that. I don't like our umbrellas. I would, like, it'd be nice to have a sunflower one. You know, if she had mentioned it, he seems like the person that was, like, really getting his ducks in a row about stuff. So Mm -hmm. maybe it was Lacey. I also find it weird that she was only on the website for five minutes looking for an umbrella when i am looking for something specific i am, I am there for an hour yep i am over i'm there for an hour because like i don't like the way this print looks that handle is funny it's too small like and i know i don't know what woman is just like five minutes sunflower umbrella done especially if all she's doing is watching martha stewart like well, that, that was before Martha Stewart came on. on. I mean, still, yeah. though, she like she got up and she made breakfast, and then had nothing else happening for the rest of the day, like for like at least a significant part. Because I doubt that she's going to be cleaning and baking and walking the dog when she wants to be watching Martha Stewart. Mm-hmm. Like you know, and Martha Stewart was on from nine to ten, so I don't think Lacey would have left to walk the dog any earlier than like ten oh one, because mm-hmm. she was watching that episode. I mean, I would not leave in the middle of my show to walk my dog. Especially if she didn't need to. Like, if she had nothing yeah. really going on that day and her also, husband's gone, she couldn't who really cares walk the dog because she's pregnant. Like, yeah. lots of suspicious things happening here. Mm-hmm. But now everyone starts to look at that. Of He couldn't have killed her on the 23rd anymore because she had to be alive on the 24th. Therefore, to be looking he had at to kill her. Now she, he had to have killed her on the morning of the 24th, which means that he only had like an hour to kill her and clean up and blah, 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 blah. And they were like, so that they were like, that's making the window even smaller. And I'm like, that's stupid. That Yeah, that's bullshit. That is so stupid to me. He definitely could have. But even if he hadn't, like. Also, it doesn't necessarily take an hour to kill someone. Sorry. That's saying or to if clean. I know what it is. <laughs> Like, or to clean. Like, he came home, he was home for, like, an hour, and he was, like, you know, still cleaning. He said he yeah, took a he shower. Was like that he got home. And he, like, did his laundry. Like he, yeah, it's not like he had to clean everything beforehand. I just, I don't know. It was, if we're gonna look at all of the perspectives, sure, it could have happened. It seems weird. Um... Especially when it's very easy for anyone to be looking at sunflower umbrellas online <laughs> for five minutes. Uh, yeah, again, five minutes. That's just... Oh, I can't. Um, I don't think I've ever looked at anything for only five minutes. No, I don't. I don't know. You know, and, like, I don't even know exactly if she typed sunflower umbrella specifically or if they just typed in, like, sunflower. I don't know. But it seems like if you know that's her favorite flower and you're being this meticulous about it, especially since if you were going to do this, everything would have needed to be planned. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not going to think to plan, like, something to help you out a bit. But then, like, his sister-in-law was like, well, why didn't he direct people to it and say, like, look at my internet. I didn't see. Someone was on it. It couldn't have been me. And it's like, because that would be stupid of him. And I think that Scott is smart. Yeah, no, that would make Scott look guilty if he said, hey, go look at what I was doing. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Um, so another thing that they were looking at was that there were cement, like, what's the word? There was, anyway, there was cement in Scott's warehouse, um, and he had told them that he'd made a single anchor for his boat, um, but there were, like, significant other cement residue in the floor that looked like he had, like, made at least four more. I mean, sometimes they come out weird, I guess. True, I suppose. Um, And they were, I think, but I feel like I read that it was supposed to be like a 30 pound bag of cement and it was gone and he had made one anchor and the rest of it he had like scattered on his driveway. Um, Because they asked him about it, they're like, what'd you do with all the rest of the cement? And he was like, well, I had some holes in my driveway. So I like did that. And, like, to his credit, there is, like, scattering of cement on his driveway. It looks shitty. Like, I don't know what happened there. Especially since, like, Scott, um, what, Scott and Lacey bought this home as a fixer-upper and they fixed it up themselves. Like, I don't know why he would just, like, toss some cement. Also, it didn't look enough. It didn't look like enough to make a 30-pound bag. I mean, also... Like, everything he did didn't have to be thought out. Sometimes he might just do something without thinking about it, but I don't... Everything is suspicious. It's because the prosecution was saying that he had actually made a bunch of anchors to help weigh down Lacey's body. And that's why they were so focused on whether or not he had actually made more anchors than he said he did. I mean, I don't see why they would need to be anchors, but I, I get the point. Well, are you saying anchors in, like, the big version of the word? Like, no, you could have just they made were... stone, or were they shaped like anchors? No, no, they were fairly small. They looked like little, like, half squares to just, like, you just throw it in the water and it just, like, goes to... Cause okay, Scott's that makes more sense because small. I was thinking, like, he was making actual anchor shapes no, in the cement. No, they're fairly small. Well, I remember they elaborate. were, like, this, this big in size. And so it was, like, how did he use 30 pounds on one littler anchor and yeah, then no. to patch up his driveway? That didn't look like enough to me. Um, yeah, no. So they also, the prosecution also, or Detective Brocchini also said that um, Lacey had never seen Scott's boat, had never been to Scott's warehouse, Mm -hmm. which is already weird to me because I don't know why she wouldn't go to his work at any point. Yeah. And I don't know why he, I don't think he could have bought a boat and like not told her. But Yeah, boat isn't necessarily cheap. No. And the defense was able to say, like, no, she actually did, and she was actually at the warehouse on the 23rd because um, a woman that was also at the warehouse let her use the bathroom. Oh, shit. Um, And they they were trying to use this. They were trying to use this because they found a single strand of hair that would end up being Lacey's stuck to a pair of pliers on his boat. But I already find that very weird. The fact that she was at the warehouse on the 23rd? Um, Because he could have killed her at the warehouse and then just put her in the boat. I have considered that. I don't know if they ever fully looked into it. 
Um, I don't know, like, the setup of the warehouse. I don't know if there's cameras in there. So I can't, like, I feel like there is stuff that wasn't looked at. So it's completely possible that we're looking at that he killed her at home when, in fact, he didn't. Because then it would have been even increasingly easier for him to um, hide the body if it was already in the boat. Because then he didn't have to be moving things from the truck to the boat. Well, and he's got, like, so much shit at the warehouse that he could have killed her with. I mean, yeah, and he was, like, researching tools, and... He was researching tools. And he is, like, a fertilizer, like, salesman. So, he who knows what he has there? I don't know. But I it, it just depends on, like, you know, what would have happened. Because it is possible, and I have also considered that potentially she died there. Um, mm-hmm. I just don't have a timeline because they didn't look into this as a viable area, or they did and nothing came of it, and so they didn't decide to tell us about that at all. I want to know so badly. But it's it's weird that they found only one strand of hair on stuck to pliers. Like, that seems really strange. Why is it one on that thing specifically? Like, if it was around his desk, or... Like, under his desk, or in the car. Like, that would make Could sense. Be because so I many sh- things. I shed so much. If, like, Josh is never found with no hair on him, I don't understand it. Because I have hair on <laughs> Yeah, if Josh is found with time. no hair on him, that is more suspicious than if there was <laughs> your hair on him. Oh, goodness. Because um, I shed so much, too. Like, my hair is fucking everywhere. Yeah, I often have worried about, like, getting roped in for a thing because I've, like, left my hair everywhere. <laughs> no, like, we'll get brought in for a murder case because my hair got I somewhere. Swear. No, I have, like, weird thyroid stuff, sort of. So I, like, shed. And I have curly hair, so, like, it just it gets comes everywhere. Out <laughs> because I don't brush my hair because it's curly, so, like, it just falls. Mm-hmm. on its own and I like pick it off me all the time and then I just throw it willy nilly because I I'm stupid <laughs> also it feels like bugs crawling on you when it gets on like your arms and it. shit and then you flick yeah. it off and who knows where it goes after that mm-hmm. anyway back to the trial <laughs> um, both the defense and the prosecution were pretty neck and neck and they were both making each other look silly depending on the day because the defense would say something and the prosecution would bring something out and then the prosecution would say something and the defense would have something. So uh, it was just kind of back and forth all the time. Um, the big moment came with Amber Fry and she took the stand in August August 10th, 2004 and she would be up there I was alive! For a, I was you one were month alive. and one day old. Wow, a babe. <laughs> I had no idea what anything was. Nope. Um, so she would end up being there for seven days and she spoke freely about her relationship. And they also played the 12 hours of recorded phone calls that she had with Scott. Oh, Jesus. Those um, phone calls, man. They were They were bad. They were very bad for him. Do we know what he like was seeing when um when those phone calls came out? Like, what was he doing when he found I out that know. she was recording all of their phone calls? 
Because I, I would be afraid. I don't know. I don't know if at one point he wondered. I think at some point it feels like he was giving responses as if he was expecting her to go to the press, if not the police, mm-hmm. about it. And so I think well, he started to give her... Well, there must have been a certain point where he was like, oh, she must know about this now. Well, he's the one that told her, but, like, I think he was... And so I think at that point he started to just kind of be very politic, like a politician with her, and, like, only give her answers that would be okay. Because mm-hmm. most of the bad stuff was before she even said he that she knew anything about this. Yeah, exactly. And it was it was very damning for him because people they were so strong those those tapes, um, yeah. Some of the media people were making a, like they thought that she was making a really big deal out of their relationship that because they'd only been together six weeks and seen each other maybe four times, and so they were like, "How is she supposed to be so hurt and betrayed?" That she now feels it's, like, her duty to come tell people what happened. And, no, she's probably just upset and she wants, like, revenge. No, she's and I'm probably just like, looking no. out for Lacey as a mom who has a baby to a mom who is gonna have a baby. And she's probably seeing it as this could have been her and she knows something. So she's gonna yeah. say, you know... It's just like, I completely, if I was in that case, I would also be like, I have to say what I know because... yeah. I don't know what the hell happened here. And, like, if you have anything that could help bring justice to mm-hmm. this, like... Yeah, but, like, men were mad that she wasn't just, like, closing the relationship and walking away. Like, why does she have to involve herself in the trial? I can't. And it's, like, be- because that, like, that was the responsible thing to do. <laughs> exactly. She thought she was just going to watch the news and be like, ah, my boyfriend's not dead wife is missing and maybe actually dead. Mm. Yeah, especially after I they guess find I'm her broken body. hearted like, again. What? Especially after, like, they find Lacey's body and she's like, oh, I'm still not getting involved. Like, Well, and just like, I just don't know how she could have possibly been like, he told her that he was a widower when he wasn't and then his wife actually died like that just is the fact if she didn't say anything she would look just as bad that's also true yeah Um, no she gets hate that she does not deserve no and so then this is where i was saying that people started comparing amber and lacy um, they said that she was, like, not good enough. And they were even posting, like, pictures of her that she had taken, like, kind of risque po- photos. And they were publishing in the, as in magazines as, like, this is the other woman. And what? it's just, she like, doesn't no. That. She has nothing to do with this. She didn't do anything. She didn't know anything. And she's whatever she did still know, trying she's... to help with the case. Yeah. Like... Why are you comparing her to Lacey? I don't think Lacey would have wanted that. And it's not like Amber knew she was the other woman and was like, oh, well. She thought she was just the normal woman. Like, yes. I can't. <sighs> yeah. So that's what I meant last time when I said I don't stand for any of the Amber Fry slander. Hey, yeah. No, she didn't have to involve herself in the case, but like she thought it was important. So she did. Mm-hmm. And good for her. Exactly. 
Respect. Mm-hmm. But you know, she was an excellent witness. It was one of the biggest things for the prosecution. And then, of course, the hugest jaw drop that, like, stunned the the media and the courthouse was when he called her during Lacey's um, Lacey's vigil. Wake. Yeah. Yeah. Because... Because, of course. Why? Why would you do that? Why would you do that? I... That's so fucking inconsiderate, disrespectful. And <sighs> it's just, like... Why? Like, especially if you were thinking you got away with it. Honestly, if he had just played the, like, sad husband, um, he probably would have gotten out of this. So, like, it just, to me, makes it seem like he doesn't know how to properly exhibit emotions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Especially because, yeah. yeah, exactly, he still went after Amber after his wife was dead like well he was trying to say he was trying to keep her happy so she wouldn't go to the the media about it because then people would stop looking for Lacey. right forgot he said that mm-hmm this is ridiculous um, another, yeah I, whatever i have an uh the other big thing about for the prosecution with evidence was they brought in a hydrologist named rick cheng and he was there to talk about the bodies being in the water, as well as, like, the tides and just currents and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and how they would move from one place to another. And so, he said he was on, like, he was off the coast of a specific island that I can't remember the name of right now. And the bodies were found, like, pretty close to where that was. Wow. Um, yep. And I don't he ever really know if they said... Through. where. It, like, I don't ever, ever know if they said specifically where in the marina he was supposed to be, because I didn't come up with that until I watched the documentary again. Because um, I, I always just heard, like, the Berkeley Marina. Like, that's a big area. That is a really big been. area. But, like, from where both of the bodies are found, you can see where one body was found to where Lacey's body was found to where he was supposed to be. And they're, like, all of... A pretty small to medium-sized triangle. Of course they are. And, like, we're also just deciding, like, that... I don't know why we're putting so much faith into everything that Scott says and believing that as fact. You know, like, he said he was, like, on this part of the water. And it's like, but nobody saw him. He didn't catch anything. Yeah, there's so no way to So we're just taking it. his word for where he was. Same thing with what they were each doing in the morning. Where you, like, he said that she was going to bake cookies, walk the dog, and mob. What if she didn't have any intention to do any of those things? Yeah, she's not there to defend herself. Like You know, and we're just like, she was going to do those things. No, he said that she was going to do those things. We don't know. Maybe he said she was going to clean... Because in case he had to clean, it made sense why it smelled like someone had cleaned. Yeah. Like, and I know That's it said it smelled... That's also a good point, actually. Like, there were all these, like, fake claims that, that people were saying that the house smelled like bleach that didn't end up being true. Because no, none of the police officers actually said they remembered it smelling like bleach. But... 
even if even if he had mopped and he like if he had maybe if he had killed her and if he had had to mop up blood it would make sense that you say your wife's going to mop because then if somebody walks in and is like oh did you mop it's like oh no Lacey said she was gonna mop Mm -hmm. because then no one's thinking that's weird because you said that that's what she was gonna do yeah so it's just like you can't corroborate his timeline because Lacey the only witness is dead we don't know where he was until he was at the warehouse. Correct. Very correct. Anyway, back to Rick Chang, the hydrologist. Um, With the baby stuff. Got it. Well, he was trying to explain how the bodies would have been in the water and where they would have moved to. Um, but the defense would cross con- cross-examine him. Um, where they and he would end up saying that his findings were probable but not precise because currents and tidal systems in general are chaotic, mm-hmm. and he was not able to make a model of the body's disposal and travel. I mean, it still seems fairly plausible. Well, and it to me it makes sense that he wouldn't have an exact thing because we don't know exactly where, where the he bodies dropped were them. dumped exactly, or where they were put into the water. Like, there's no way for him to know that, even based off of if we assume Scott's on the coast right here. If he if he put them there, they would be like this way. But if he didn't put them there, they didn't. And if somebody else put them in the water, someone else, that would be completely different. So it's really hard to be like, yeah, that's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, the defense then the defense then brought forward the boat test, which was where they were trying to show that you could not toss a body out of Scott's tiny boat without that's capsizing bullshit. the boat. Well, because what they did was they took a kid. In the same model <laughs> as Scott's boat, and they made like a hundred pound weighted thing, and he tried to toss it out of the boat. Yes, and it was it kept like water kept going in the boat, and like three out of the four tests, he almost drowned because he had to jump out of the boat because it was like flipping over. And to that, I'm saying you assume that he threw the body intact. Into the water. Also true, because they didn't find her limbs. They're trying to say with that is that he threw her body into the water, but he had, like, attached the anchors around it. And so when her body lifted, it naturally just left her legs and her head and her, like, hands there. And then I'm just like, or he put them all in their own bags and, Mm -hmm. like, threw things. I don't know. There's so much possibility here that they aren't considering. Yeah, they were also having an issue because, like, sonar didn't pick up any of the anchors or any anything. And they're like, see, Scott couldn't have made those anchors because sonar didn't pick it up. And I'm like, sonar didn't pick up her body. Also, it's not like Scott's a weak dude. No, and also like, if he's throwing individual big. pieces, because we if we want to go with the theory that he cut her up, it's not hard to do that. <sighs> also, if the boat had tipped, 
he could have, it would have been like, well, everything's in the water now. And now I just get back in the boat. Yep. And it would have helped him because, well, there's water now. And who knows what was in the water before and all that. You know, so. Ridiculous. Um, so that's their, their, their thing with the boat. Um, but this was, this test was done outside of the court and away from the jury and then the judge decided not to include this evidence so the judge i mean the jury didn't hear about this until later because they ended up being able to go see it um and they it's a whole thing i'll get into it with the after notes okay um so it's just interesting that the judge was like no we're not gonna include this in the in the I mean, it's, yeah, it doesn't feel like very valid information, but that could just be me and my personal opinion. Yeah, and like, <clears throat> you know, you have to consider, you know, is the kid as strong as Scott? And like, you know, this this all this this model also doesn't perfectly represent Lacey's potentially dead body. It was like floppy. Mm-hmm. So we also don't know the situation that her body was in at the time. And whatever. Exactly. Um, Lots the of prosecution- too many unknowns for that to be good good information yeah. to go off of. Yeah. That's kind of how this case is. Like, everything is kind of just, like, maybe, but yeah, like, nothing, not is, nothing is very concrete. And that's something that they were, like, hoping would help them in the defense. And I, you just, I don't know. Um... The prosecution then brought forward a cadaver dog that claimed that the dog had tracked Lacey all the way out to the marina pier. And then the defense would find out that the dog had actually failed on its two previous certification tests. And oh, that wow. another another dog in the handler had not found anything. Okay. And the dog was really convincing to some of the jurors. To me, I'm like, it means nothing. Yeah, that could be anything. I, because what, what, which pier, he, you know, he launched the boat at the launch. And so if that's the case, then I don't think that, she, you know, she would have dragged her body down the pier for her, for them to smell it. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Yeah, so, very much to many me, unknowns here. Yeah, so to me, that information is like, okay, cool, I guess. Um, The defense then brings forward a fertility specialist by the name of Charles March, which just sounds like the character that, what's his name, played in AHS Hotel. Oh, yeah, in season five. Doesn't Mm -hmm. it? Charles Mm -hmm. March. Yeah. Um, anyway, he claimed to be able to, without a doubt, exonerate Scott with his evidence. What? That feels not possible. Well, it didn't work, because when he gets onto the stand, he's saying, I know that Connor actually died a week after prosecution, um, is saying that he did, but he was like, and so he was trying to say that, so clearly Lacey would have had to have given birth, and Connor died, like, well after Scott was born. I mean, after Lacey. So clearly Scott couldn't have killed them. But during the cross-examination, it came out that he was using a date that was, like, rumored by a friend 
in which Lacey had taken a pregnancy test. And the prosecution was like, no other medical professional is using that date because they have their own date. Actual, for, yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, and even if she had taken a test that day, like, it doesn't prove that she's actually pregnant right now. Yep. Um. So, and at that point... March is getting very flustered. He's getting kind of confused. He's not sticking with some of the things he's saying, and he's getting, like, really, really pent up. And at one point, he just ends up yelling at the prosecutor, would you give me some slack? And everyone Um, was like, oh, no. That does not look good for him. It didn't. Every Like, some of the journalists that were in this, in the courtroom at the time said that all the jurors like closed their notebooks and just like put them down after that they were just like we're not we don't believe anything that you're saying right now Mm mhm damn Um, Mm mhm so then something the Petersons were astounded by during the court case was that the defense didn't bring up any of the eyewitness people that claimed to have seen her um and like Mark had promised that he would bring them in, but then actually didn't and never did at the time. And so they were really confused by this, but the defense kept saying that they weren't credible. And in fact, various accounts contradicted each other. And so had they brought them forward, it would have backfired on them. Um, especially since everyone was working off the fact that the neighbor had put the dog in the backyard at 1018. Mm-hmm. And then they tried to come up later with, like, that the mailman came by around, like, 1050, and he saw that the gate was opened and Mackenzie didn't bark at him, even though Mackenzie always barked at him. And so it not- makes sense that if the gate's open and the dog's not barking, clearly the dog's not there. And like the fact, and also like the woman putting the dog in the backyard at ten eighteen is like she has receipts, and so like ten eighteen was the latest time that she could have put the dog back in the apart in the backyard. Yep. And so we're just going to assume that because this dog did not bark this day, no dog. If yeah, dog not bark, like how can sketchy. I know if there's dog? <laughs> if no bark is no dog <laughs> where dog where dog if no bark <sighs> I'm like but maybe but you know the dog was in the backyard at that point maybe the dog was busy smelling stuff I don't know maybe the dog yeah, was asleep the dog in the backyard I don't know yeah um the prosecution would also bring in women from Modesto and the Modesto area that either were pregnant at the time or had looked to be pregnant at the time, which is kind of rude because that means they just brought in bigger girls mm-hmm. um, that also maybe looked like Lacey. And they were trying to present as like, these people didn't see Lacey. They saw what they thought was Lacey. That's rude. Like, but I also... Like, it's rude, but I agree with that, because especially since if you go back onto what all these people were doing, they were doing things that they would have regularly done pretty much every day. This guy walked his dog, like, went for a jog in the park with his dog, and then they would play, and he saw a dog, 
and he thinks he saw Lacey. There was a nurse that was on her break, which she did all the time when she went for a cigarette and she thought she saw a dog. There were there was like a woman washing dishes and she thought she saw Lacey walking the dog. And like, sure, maybe, but you also have to see Could be Lacey. so many people, yeah. Well, that, and also Lacey walks the dog regularly and you're doing the thing that you're doing regularly. It could have been any day. That's and also true. You know, if you see a dog and like, you know, because I've had it where I've been like, did we... Did we do this thing yesterday or do we do it today? today. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's like, no, we did that today. I could have sworn we did that yesterday. And that's exactly what I'm talking about, which is why they didn't get brought in for the defense, because there's really nothing. Because memory is unreliable. Especially if around the holidays, like everybody's like, well, I remember I was dropping off presents. Like maybe you were. But I don't know if you actually saw Lacey that day or if you were driving with your wife another time and you saw Lacey or someone that looked like Lacey and you were like, oh, that's the same memory. Mm hmm. I don't know. Especially since at the time you were paying attention until after the fact that you learned that a pregnant woman went missing when she was supposed to be walking her dog. Now you're going to be looking for memories of a pregnant woman walking her dog. And that could have been anyone at that point. Or, and it also, it could have been Lacey. It just maybe wasn't Lacey that day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very <sighs> unreliable information. Yeah. So remember how I told you that the jury was kind of drama? Yeah. So we're there now. Okay? Oh, great. Okay. They... Have they were drama a lot, like because this is like the case is like the trial's over now they're deliberating, and um, everyone was thinking that they were going to come back with a hung jury, meaning they couldn't agree either innocent or guilty, and that would like be a mis- you know, be like a acquittal mm-hmm. because you can't tell. Um, because they were like, there's no concrete evidence. We don't ha- have a crime scene. We don't know how or when or where this all happened. So they don't have any of that, you know? And I remember Mm -hmm. Nancy Grace was like, if you go to work and it's like sunny and then you work inside and then you go out for lunch and it's like cloudy and dark and there's like puddles and people are holding umbrellas, like you don't need to actually see it raining to know that it rained Mm -hmm. outside. Mm -hmm. So you don't need to see a crime scene to like figure out that his wife is probably, he probably killed his wife and put her in the bay. Yeah, that's a good point. Um. Anyways, the jurors were all nervous at the start of it because, like I said, it had been a six-month trial. And they had all this information that they had just been taking in, but were not allowed to talk to anyone about it. Mm-hmm. Even I think you don't even talk to each other because you want everyone to get their own opinion, opinion. before you yeah. go to deliberation. So at the start, they took this initial vote to be like, let's just see where everyone stands. And it came back 10 to 2, he's guilty. Oh, wow. And so that meant there were two people that were just not that sure. And so they spent, they ended up getting this like whiteboard and they like took all of the information that they had and they had all these notebooks and stuff they had written down during the time of, during the course of the trial that they brought forward to just go through 
all of the information to like make sure everybody was on the same page. That's smart. Um, and they all said that they wanted to give him a fair trial because they wanted this done right, mm-hmm. which is perfect. That's what you want. Yeah, that's what you're looking for. Um, but one juror did an uh oh. And wishes that she looked up information about the case outside of the time that she Uh was supposed to be dealing with it. She said she was fact-checking, that she had a question, and so she, like, looked it up to see if it was correct. And, like, it was, but that's still no, no, no. Yeah, that's not something you can do. And so she mentioned this to the other jurors, and the jurors was like, nope, full stop, we have to tell the judge and so then the judge dismissed her, and they had to bring in an altern- alternate uh, juror. Um, and that alternate juror was Rochelle Nice, who people were already talking about because they were judging her on her appearance because she had tattoos, because she had this, like, dyed red, bright red hair. Um, she was, they she considered her to be... Cool. They considered her to be too young because she had four children. So they were like, oh, see, she's like in her late 20s, but she has like four children. So clearly she's not like smart with her actions. And also she had been very emotional during the trial, specifically when they were like talking about the discovery of the bodies and stuff. And I'm like, who's not? How can you not be unemotional listening to any of that? I'm a Scorpio. I tend to have kind of an unattached way to like chaos and like I go into like what is it fight mode or f- plan mode and I'm just like we're gonna do with deal we're, with we're this. Gonna fix it. We're gonna find but, some like, solutions. I have cases and you guys heard me when I was telling you about the autopsy reports and like I was like upset and I find myself to be a little more detached from things. So of course the, another person is gonna be very emotional about things. Yeah, no, this isn't an unemotional topic unless you're, you know, fucking Scott. Mm-hmm. But because of all of that, they had decided that she was, like, kind of a problem. And they were also calling her Strawberry Shortcake because of her hair, which That's is rude. stupid. Um, <gasps> but because they brought in an alternate, they had to, the jury had to go back through it all over again their deliberation to make sure that they were all on the same page as these 12 people. And they took another vote and everyone was leaning towards guilty except the foreman. The foreman is um, like the person who's supposed to start discussions between the jurors so that they get it. But they also rarely get a vote unless it comes back 11 to 1. Wow. So... He was kind of holding up the process because everybody else Said was guilty. on board. Mm-hmm. And like, so he basically like, it was like, you don't, you're not even doing your job right now. Like you're making it impossible for us to do our job. But then people started to say that it was getting like toxic in there because they said people were threatening him because he was like holding out on saying he was guilty. Um, and, like, even other jurors were saying, like, well, it was getting heated. It was tense. Like, we'd been there forever. And we were, like, getting impatient. So some people were yelling at each other. But the guy in question that was supposedly having threats said that he never cursed at him. And he never 
like was violent to him. He was like they butted heads on things, but that makes sense to me. Yeah. So it's just other people creating drama? No one on the jury said that anything got too out of line, but at it, it didn't really whatever it was, the the foreman would end up going to the judge and saying that he couldn't handle the atmosphere of the jury anymore. So they had to find another jury? Juror? He just couldn't handle being in the, like, jury deliberation anymore. He's just like, it's, like, it's not healthy or whichever. And he was saying, so he asked to get removed from the case. So then they had to replace the foreman. Mm-hmm. And that meant that they had to go back through deliberations again. Oh, God. For the third time, and they finally were able to get a 12 to 0 guilty vote. That's impressive. Yeah, so when the jury was ready, it surprised everyone. They didn't think that they would be ready quite that fast with all of the problems that they had been having. Mm-hmm. And so when they called everyone back to read the verdict, Mark Gagaros wasn't actually in the courtroom, he had gone back to LA. Also, Scott's dad wasn't there. Okay. Um, so Scott and was the morning, there by himself. He was there, and he had his other other member, other lawyers on the defense team, just not Mark Agueros. Um. And so when Scott was like going back in for the, he was optimistic, and he thought that it was going to be that the jury couldn't come to a decision, and he just he thought he was going to go home that day. And, um, sucks Gloria suck. Gomez suck, sucks for that. Sorry. Whoops. <laughs> Sorry, bitch. So Gloria Gomez, the small time reporter from the Modesto area, um, she was, when she came in for it, she was looking at the jury to see if they were going to give anything away. But she said that the jury wasn't really looking at anybody and wasn't making eye contact, except there was... One woman who was sitting in the front that looked up and at Sharon Rosha and then winked. Oh, wow. And so she, and that point, she's like, oh, oh, we have something. Okay. Interesting. Some feisty. Well, I think that she probably just wanted um, the mom, like, Lacey's mom to know like you can breathe yeah like it's okay um yeah because on November 12th 2004 Scott Peterson was convicted of first degree murder for Lacey's death and second degree murder for Connor's death wow um and then there was time after because they then had to decide whether or not he was going to get life in prison or if he was going to get the death penalty but so then eventually, I think it's like a little bit time later, the judge Alfred A. DeLucci would sentence Scott to death, calling the murder of Lacey cruel, uncaring, heartless, and callous. Yeah, that's fair. All of those words are correct. Mm-hmm. So now we have the time since then. Like... What happened be- through all of this? Mm-hmm. The last, you know, <laughs> 17 years or so. Yeah, this is 2017 years, almost 18. 
since the trial. Um, so the death of Lacey and Connor would lead to the passage of the Unborn Victims of Violence Act, or Lacey and Connor's Law. Um, on April 1st, 2004, Sharon and her wife would... Wow, I just said that. Sharon yeah. and her husband, I was like, Ron. Oh, wait, they got divorced? <laughs> no. Did she marry another woman? Her husband, Ron, that she stayed married to for the rest of it, um, would go to the White House where George W. Bush would sign this bill into law. And the act provides that under federal law, any person who causes death or injury to an unborn child while in the commission of a crime upon the pregnant woman will be charged with a separate offense. Okay, that's good. That's something. Yeah. Um, in 2005, the California Supreme Court ruled that Scott could not claim Lacey's life insurance for $250,000 yeah, because he'd been convicted of killing her. her. Yeah, because he was Calif the reason. <laughs> and in California, criminals cannot... Um, benefit from insurance policies so it actually went to sharon sharon got them hey i mean it sucks that you know she had to get her daughter's life insurance but it's better that it goes like, to her than him what in the world are you even trying to claim your wife's life insurance also what, what? did you do with that money you're in prison for the rest of your life maybe for commis commission or like to make his life a little more cushy in there or to pay off the lawyer fee? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> um. So, Lacey's stepfather Ron died in April of 2018, as did her father Dennis in December of 2018. They were 71 and 72, and they're both buried next to Lacey and Connor. Oh, that's good. So sweet. Yeah. Um. So now we're getting into all of the appeals that Scott has done. Oh, of course. Of course he's made appeals. Uh, July of 2012, they filed an appeal saying that mistakes in the case led to Scott getting an unfair trial, but the Attorney General Office did not respond with their own evidence, so it didn't go anywhere. In November 2015, they filed a habeas corpus, which is like the, like to look at new information or whatever. Um, saying that a juror had lied on her application and they went in with inherent bias. This is uh, Rochelle Nice that they're saying as well. Oh, because great. she mm -hmm. had actually, um, when she was four and a half months pregnant with a, one of her children, she had a situation with where she was in fear, I think, of her baby daddy. And they had like, started to go to a case but then she said the case got dismissed so when she was um signing up for the application the case never came to her mind because it never made it that far yeah so it that's why she didn't say anything completed. yeah but so they're saying that because of that she got an unfair ruling yeah no um, it was still it still would have been 11 to 1 like well but it has to be unanimous so would have if it, but yeah. So, um, the attorney general returned yet again with 150 pages contesting their disputes and stating that their claim ignored the overwhelming evidence that he had killed Lacey. 
Yeah. They talked again about the sightings of Lacey that day, but the attorney general said that the fact that the neighbor returned the dog before any of the sightings made them uncredible. Um, and so they had actually, in fact, received 74 supposed sightings of Lacey in 26 states as well as overseas, which were neither viable nor corroborated. Yeah. That, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. In August of 2018, the defense responded with a brief citing six claims of deficient performance by um, Mark Regueros for not calling the witnesses who said that they had seen Lacey. <sighs> They're really grasping at straws. Yeah. Um, well, there, yeah. And, like, there was supposed to be some sort of prison phone call where they were talk like, two inmates were talking and they started to talk about Lacey and then the other one started to, like, scream at them to shut up. And, like, what? apparently one of, like, one of the, what are they called? The police of the prisons. I can't remember the what they're called. The prison guards? Prison, yeah, one of the prison guards had called in a tip about that, and then supposedly the tape, he got, supposedly he got a phone call back, but nothing ever was documented about what happened there and who did that phone call. And then supposedly the tape went missing Mm, for, for who had been, for the inmates talking. So potentially, because they kept saying that there's no way that, um, the the burglary happened at um on the 26th because that woman said she saw it on the 24th mm-hmm. and but what i find even weirder about that is that in the documentary they said that the family left the house on like at like 10:50 um that morning and then now they're getting robbed like an hour later and that yeah, woman that sees sense. it. Also, she didn't see them doing anything. It was just a suspicious van with some suspicious people. And it just happened that they actually did get burglarized sometime during the time they were missing. Yeah, it doesn't or they had they had mean, left for their holidays. Confirm anything. Yeah. Because Especially they were trying if, to say like, none of Lacey's belongings were missing. Well, they're not saying that the Petersons were burglarized. It was the house across the street was burglarized. Mm-hmm. But so what they're trying to say is that the dog got put back in the yard and then Lacey took the dog and um, was walking the dog. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, Because then no. she would have gone on her walk perfectly normal and then what she put the dog in the backyard and then she goes out to see the people at the van and like you know none of it makes sense so that's this thing that they're running with still that people just didn't look into this and i'm not going to say that like evidence doesn't like whoopsie disappear sometimes we've seen it with like the memphis three case which Thankfully, the the evidence that supposedly got burned in a fire was miraculously found today, or recently, in police lockup. So, that's interesting. Weird. That's Weird. another case, but yeah. Um, <laughs> that's something else entirely. 
So yeah, June 2020, they filed another appeal saying that the jurors were improperly excused and surrounding the boat situation, they said it was not right for the judge to allow the jurors to be on the boat um, for the test and to look at it, nor should the prosecution have been present during the boat, boat test either. And I just am like, that seems weird. I think yeah. you have to share information. This is all, again, like very much grasping at straws. Yeah, they also said the trial should have been moved after jurors came back saying that they had known about it beforehand, but duh. Everyone knew about it. The prosecution countered saying that the Supreme Court should only overturn the verdict if they found a problem with the juror, but there ended up being no credible claim Great. that any of the 12 were unfair or partial. Yeah, no, that's... Yeah. So, also, I'm just curious, like, if there is these inmates sitting in in a prison somewhere that may have evidence, why has the defense team not gone to those inmates and offered them a deal to be like, look, I don't... We can lessen your sentence and, you know... Or, like, well, they're already in jail. So, like, you, they're not going anywhere. And then, you know, you could offer, like, say, like, look, you're not going to get any more trouble. Like, I promise I won't charge you with this. Maybe you'll get community service for doing it. Just tell me what happened. Because they're they're defense lawyers. They're not supposed to be getting these guys in trouble. They're just supposed to be proving that Scott didn't do it. So the fact yeah. that there isn't, like, a deal in place with these people to be like, just tell me everything you know. You'll walk off scot-free, and so will Scott. But nothing's happened. So... I don't know. True, that's a good point. The fact that the defense hasn't gone to the supposed, you know, corroborators or whatever is mm -hmm. real sketchy. Yeah. August of August 24th, 2020, in a 7-0 vote, the California Supreme Court upheld Scott's conviction, but they did dismiss the death penalty because the judge at the time was dismissing jurors that wouldn't even that were merely against the death penalty rather than seeing if, despite their beliefs, they could make a decision based on the case. And that's something you can't do. But even mm -hmm. the jurors were saying, like some of the jurors were saying at the time they were very emotional, but if they had to vote again, they wouldn't have done the death penalty. So it really doesn't matter. Yeah. And then the new news is that... um he was like they dismissed the death penalty but he was in September of 2021 he was resentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole plus 15 years for Connors to be served concurrently with Lacey's sentence um he's still never getting out of there well there's I think they're trying to look at whether or not he might get a retrial because they're still looking at whether or not they can go after Rochelle Nice for her juror application. Mm, I don't think they're going to find anything. It's been too long. That's what I'm saying. I I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a retrial based off of off the jury stuff. I just really don't know what difference it would make in his case. Yeah. 
because all of, as far as we know, <clears throat> wow, my voice. The evidence is all the same, and it yeah, doesn't exactly has seem in the actual trial regard. You know, and I, it doesn't exactly seem like in all of these years, his, you know, they're called spa, spa. I don't know what the A stands for, but it's like Scott Peterson allies or Scott Peterson's angels. And there's just like this team of women plus his sister-in-law that have been working together to try and like piece together what actually happened and get him like a new trial. That's okay. Okay. Sure. You can't work to get him a new trial if you have no new evidence. Well, there's going to happen. Well, they've been going through all of the documents of um, the case, and they did find some that were like evidence that had been scanned, had gotten scanned together, so like it had missed part of things. But it, I remember watching it and going like, it just doesn't really look. Like, it's enough for me. Because even with, like, maybe the mailman and the no, the dog didn't bark at the mailman later. But, like, you, if you bring it back to its very simplest, he told his girlfriend that his wife had died. And it would be his first holidays without her before any of this happened. And I just don't think that that's something you can, like... What? Yeah, that definitely makes it sound like he was planning this. So, like, maybe the only thing I could think of is, like, maybe he didn't kill her, but, like, maybe he got a hit on her so that he and, like, made sure that he was out of the way for it. But then, like, why does the body. Yeah, and then, like, why does the body end up in the bay? And his family's like, well, the media was saying where he was that day and so anyone who's trying to get rid of Lacey's body would just dump it there because they're already looking at Scott and I'm like maybe but they didn't know exactly where and it was the bodies were found very close to where he said that he was that yeah day. real close especially because so, he kept lying about things he kept lying and then the whole like she gave birth to the baby, but, like, with my own fact checker of the labor and delivery nurse looking at her cervix is saying, no, no, she didn't. <sighs> so much. So, There's for so much. now, that's where it stands. If we get a retrial, I'm excited to see what new evidence they bring forward. Because, like, I'm not, you know, I, I think what I think. But if new evidence were presented to me, I'd listen to it. I've been trying to keep an open mind throughout my entire research. It mm-hmm. just seems like the most plausible outcome. Yeah. Like, and they, I feel like they were even trying to say that there were other pregnant women who went missing during that time. I think at one point they even tried to say that the satanic cult may have been behind it. Of course they are. Um, they try and blame everything on the satanic cult. Like, it was kind of nuts that the defense was, like, bringing out all these things that were just like, yeah, maybe, but it wasn't any more plausible. Like, it wasn't any more 
like pos like provable as like Scots, but like we have like statistics of like husbands do kill their wives and like typically if there's a violent crime it's usually somebody you know. I mean also like with all the things that he told Amber and just everything about that. Yeah. So like you just I don't know. It's a weird thing, but like it's weird because there isn't like concrete evidence. Like, you know, we don't have a cause of death. We don't have blood on a crime scene. Like I don't know if they went through the warehouse in the home with a black light. I don't know because that stuff's not really documented. Mm-hmm. So all of its kind of things. But I just mean like a lot of the things he did that day were just very strange. The fact that he like changed his clothes immediately and like took a shower and washed his laundry. Everything he did was suspicious. Like that's what I say. Like all the other stuff that you throw at me with this stuff, like I can hear it one way or the other. But if you go back to his timeline of the day, it just doesn't feel right. Mm hmm. Yeah, and the things he did, like, that's not something you do if your pregnant wife is missing. Yeah, it's very strange. I'll say that. I don't like it. Well, closing thoughts, Ella? Closing thoughts. Um, I think he did it. It makes too much sense for him not to have done it. Not to have done it? Or to have done it? To have done it. It doesn't make enough sense for him not to have done it. There we go. Okay. Um, he, seeing that she was at the warehouse the day before, I'm gonna say he killed her there, put her body in the boat, took her body apart when he was looking at tools. Um, I don't think that. I think he was like, I think that was just creating an alibi because he was sitting at his computer kind of dicking around. Maybe. I think he was definitely the one to look up sunflower umbrellas. Yeah. 100%. Uh, And then he drove her body out to the bay and dumped her body into the ocean. Pretty solid. Yeah. There is evidence to support that, but, you know, not enough to... I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, but also, no, we have no boat. other options or potential suspects or anything. Yeah, the burglary doesn't come, doesn't really make a ton of sense to me because I don't know why you would decide while you're robbing somewhere to just, like, kidnap a pregnant woman. That doesn't mm-hmm. make sense in a criminal brain, which, albeit, I don't have. So maybe I'm totally wrong. It just seems like I don't think so. I'm just going to leave. Um, yeah, like they don't know who you are, and like, and with, and just with all of the eyewitness accounts, I don't think they actually saw her that day. I think she was dead already. Um, potentially, they she could have died in the house because that would make sense for why he gave the reasonings that he did for what she was going to do that day. Um, uh, 
And like, I just think that a lot of, I just think, I think he did it. I don't know where, and I don't know how it makes me question, like if he did stab her because there was a slash on Cotter's, Connor's body, which could have been from something out externally, or could have been something like in the water once that happened. Um, I mean, it's possible he could have gone to like stab her stomach because he didn't want the kid. I don't know. I don't know exactly what would have sparked it. It's just, it's also, it's just really strange that like this, that 20, the day of the 23rd, she was talking to her mom about how Scott didn't like to feel her belly. And like, maybe that was enough to set him off to be like, don't tell your mom about what we do at home. Like, she doesn't need to know that I don't like to feel your stomach. Yeah. You know, and like, that could have been the start of it. I don't know. And, like, you know, I don't think that he wanted to do this to be with Amber. I really don't think he really cared about Amber. She was just fun. Yeah, I don't think that had I don't think, any kind I don't think of... he would have hurt Amber. I don't think he's a serial killer. I just think he's a sociopath or a psychopath and, like, is a charmer. And he's, I think he's also smart, but I think he's maybe a little bit too smart. Mm-hmm. Because... And that his hubris was his downfall, like... Because he had all this, like, you know, specific detailed things. And typically that's when you know someone's lying about things. Because the more specific you get, it's like you crafted this. Mm-hmm. Like, if you listen to anyone tell their story about their day, they're going to, like, circle back and be like, wait, no, I would think I was doing this, maybe. I couldn't tell uh, you anything I've ever done in a day. <laughs> ever. So... I just I have an issue with him having such such specific stuff. It just feels very um, planned, so that yeah, he had all this trail of like clearly I couldn't have been home. Um, it just like all of the specific details. Like I had pizza and milk for dinner. Yeah. So it doesn't make, it definitely just, it feels like, yeah, he could have, he could have done this because I don't think he wanted this life. And I think he could have been planning this because he told his girlfriend that he was a widow, a widower, you know, two weeks before she died or went missing. Um, yeah, I there's, just, there's a lot of things I, pointing to the fact that he wanted this to happen. And I think he's smart enough to plan this out. Like, the fact that only her torso came back is smart. I don't know. Mm-hmm. He, he Whoever did it clearly disposed of the body enough for it to never return to the surface except for that. Yeah. And, and the fact that really no one's been able to... considering the fact that he could have taken apart her body. People, like... The, yeah, they weren't really talking about that. Yeah, it really feels like they just thought like he put he like was carrying the whole body, and I'm just like I don't think so. And there's even like when they're trying to show a picture of the boat and the truck and be like, see, you couldn't hide anything. I'm like, there's a really there's a pretty big green like cooler in his on like in his truck, and like if she's cut up, she could potentially fit in there. So. Yeah, he could have. Also, people don't always look inside people's boats and cars to be like, what's in the back of the truck? 
Yeah, especially if he wasn't acting suspicious, they would have no reason to. You were just like, oh, there's a boat. Like, I don't know. I don't know what's in it. I didn't look. Yeah. So, yeah. I definitely think that that's what I meant earlier. I was like, I feel like a lot of these points in the case, they look at it this way. And I'm like, why is no one looking at this part of it? Yeah. At the bigger pieces. Like, hello? So, yeah, I guess we'll see what happens in the next few months. I can, if it, if anything goes anywhere, we'll definitely do like a hi again yeah. episode. But for now, Wild. that was the Lacey Peterson case. That was a lot. That was a lot. You mm-hmm. kicked ass. I'm very glad. I'm very glad to be done with this case. Ugh. You put in so, so much effort and it shows. Yeah. Should we tell them the things? Uh, yeah, let's tell them the things. All right. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at nope underscore I'm underscore scared. Follow us, like, and shoot us a DM. We're always happy to chat with you guys. And if you have any tidbits, feedback, suggestions, or personal stories, be it spooky or true crime, you can email them to us at nopeimscaredpodcast at gmail.com. Also, you can rate us on Spotify now. Did you know that? I didn't, but you can. Um, <laughs> you can rate us on Spotify? You can give us a star rating on Spotify, really? whatever you decide. And then please keep rating on Apple. It's been great to see that. Um, and then you know, keep downloading so I can see which episodes you guys like the most so I can keep figuring out those type of subjects. Yeah. Yeah, let us know yep. what you want to hear. Yeah. So yeah. thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you have a spooky day. All right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye.